Hi, if you haven't listened to the first episode with Desmond Rouse and Anna, please go back and listen to those first. Today's episode is part two with Desmond and Anna. My mother and father growing up, we lived behind a school there, the boarding school at Marty. Marty Indian School, it was called back in the day. That was the boarding school where you know a lot of kids from all all everywhere came naturally. So on the weekends, my mother and father would cook outside and invite the high school kids over for barbecues and they would cook for them. You know, like the basketball team, football team, you know, whatever. They would invite the kids over and they would cook barbecue for them, you know. So that's what kind of person my parent, my people, my parents were, you know. Wow. They were never ever, you know, here, you don't, you don't eat this, you can't eat today, you know. There was food even when it came, you know, my relatives come to visit my uncles and aunties, my mother ask them, hungry, sit down and feed them, you know. Yes. That's just the way native, that's the way all natives are, you know, not just my family, you know, but all natives are, that's our culture, you know. I didn't I read though in, in the transcripts as well that after this allegation someone went into to the home and the whole the pantry was filled with food? Yes, that was a private investigator that you know our attorney the the defense hired, you know, for us. He went down to my mother's house and took pictures and stuff and said that, you know, that the pantry was so full that the door couldn't even close, you know, so how or why these allegations came about, you know, I have no clue, you know, how it all started. Sounds but like that, they just tried to fabricate something. I don't know. Yes. Anything like it was a, like a witch hunt more or less, you know, to come after us. The reason being, I, you know, it's, I have no idea why, you know, maybe. Desmond, do you personally know other people that, that this happened to around that time? In federal prison, yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, okay. I because hear, I didn't know hear all their stories. You know, we're not. Yeah, I was wondering if your like family said, was we were the guinea out. pigs. We were the wow. guinea pigs. So after that, you know, they just the government just in South Dakota just went after a lot of people. You know, and there's a lot of people in. And the and the sad thing is that, you know, these people that they accuse they. They just want to plea, uh, plea bargain, you know, so they don't go to trial. I don't know why they don't, you know. They're scared, you know, 30 years, you know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why they're We were scared too, but we'll never, you know, never ever plead to something that never happened. You know, why would you? you know? Because you have integrity. You know, it don't make sense, you know, why <clears throat> someone would plead guilty to something that never happened, you know. Right, right. If I, if we're talking about uh, why would people do this or how did this come about, I, I just can't help thinking about the foster care system, that it seems to be a business. And obviously you need a, an excuse or a reason to go and round up kids. And that could be, you know, a way allegations happen. You know, they need a reason to, to get the kids. Because it must be illegal. It must be, I don't know. I, I just can't help but think it must be illegal to go kidnap uh, people's children. 
no matter who has, yeah, uh, no matter who has jurisdiction, if it's on tribal land or wherever it is, it must be illegal. There was a law enacted called ICWA. Um, Desmond, can you can you um, tell the listeners what WICA stands for? In the ICWA is uh, yeah. I'm sorry. The acronym is ICWA. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's called uh, the Indian Child Welfare Act. Okay. That wasn't put in place to make sure that any Native American children taken from their parents would be placed with another another American, another Native American family, being being their relations, their relatives, their close relations. It would because that's how our culture is. You know, your your auntie is your second mother, and so on. You know. <clears throat> that's how that goes. <clears throat> so that's a law that was enacted that, you know, was never used in our case. Why weren't the children placed with one of our relatives, you know, if this was supposedly going on? Right. Instead, that's, instead that's, of that's playing, a good question. Taken way off the reservation, you know, with, placed with the white family, you know, don't, you know, I don't know. Don't make sense. Well, wasn't there some, someone on a legal team that said that they wanted to Christianize all the Native Americans? That's a Steve Binger. He's a, he was my cousin Russell's attorney. And that man <clears throat> is now running for governor of South Dakota. Yeah, I didn't hire a private investigator. I just contacted everybody that's ever been in contact with the case. And there was a private investigator from Ohio by the name of Martin Yant. And obviously, I used all the information that I could. And I said, is there anything that you think could help us to actually show bias? You know, because in the beginning, we wanted to um, go for, uh, how do you call that? Like, if the defense doesn't really make a big effort, that's also a way how you can go back to court. Um, and so that's what we were going for. And then he told me about this conversation that he had with, with how Excuse me. It's called ineffective assistance of counsel. Yes, exactly. Ineffective assistance of counsel. That's what we originally thought we could use as a way to attack this wrongful conviction. And then I said to Martin, uh, you know, that's very biased. Could you just write it down so we'll have an affidavit? And he said, yeah, I'll do that for you. Give me $100. So that's how it goes in this business, you know, innocence is business. So I'm glad he just charged me a hundred and not a thousand dollars. But yes, of course, he is a well-known private investigator. So if uh, you know his word uh, counts, and if he makes a sworn statement that has some relevance, but personally, I believe that in South Dakota there is very many people who believe the same stuff that Stephen Haugard stated all the years ago, and actually think they're right and they're in within their right to think that. And I think that you'll probably be elected um, based on this opinion too, you know. He just said Native Americans are generally dirty people. They're dirty. They don't allow Christ into their lives. If they were, they wouldn't be wrongly convicted, you know, in a nutshell. You can't make it up, you know. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh. Uh. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good word for it, dude. It's insane that this stuff 
happens. I mean, I know there's wrongful convictions, um, but I've this is the first I've heard of with a crime that never even happened that someone was convicted. That's just, and you know, you've got all the victims, air quote victims, recanting everything that they've said several times because they were coerced. They were children. They were babies. When and they were talked to without the benefit of an adult, a trusted adult, a parent, anything. And they were promised they could go home if they just said yes. Yeah. That's emotional abuse. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and also they would have been very confused who uh, they were actually a question about. I mean, how, because it was always like, they were just asked, did your uncle do this to you? Did your uncle, you know, they had no idea who the uncle is. You know, the uncle could be anybody. You know, that's, that's what we're always saying. You know, those four guys, they just caught up in it. You know, they were just there at the time. They were the easiest to convict. So they convicted them, you know, just so, unlucky. They would have convicted anybody else, you know. So, yeah. So if another uh, family member had been there instead of Desmond, that person would be, yeah. would have been yes. charged. Wow. Yes. And didn't you tell me one time, Anna, that, um, the uncle in the Native American community is different than what we consider an uncle. Do you want yeah, to I mean, explain the, that? The kinship terms are different. I mean, maybe Desmond wants to explain that. I meant that obviously every, if I have sisters um, and I have a child, then all my sisters are also mothers of my child. My brothers are fathers, a child, as well as the biological dad, you know, it's like the whole community um, kind of steps up and comes together. So it's, it's not like you would say in a white family, you have mom, dad, child, but you have a whole large extended community, you know, of very many adults and relatives that sort of come together to raise a child. Did I kind of say that correctly, Des? That's right. <clears throat> that's how it goes you know you're like i'm saying our auntie my auntie my mother's sister would be my second mother the children's mother would be their auntie you know and so on and those brothers would be their fathers to the to our nieces and nephews second father so when when they said to the child your uncle what would that have meant to them? Would that would they have thought you and and your brother and your cousins first? Yes, that's we're still called uncle, you know. But okay. On, on the other hand, you know, because that's just the way it's the terminology is, right, uncle. Yeah. But on, on I think what they, what you mean to say is, would they have automatically assumed it's you? Because Dak, she uncle, you know, could have yeah. been Duane's uncle. Roderick is uncle. Yeah, I'm Everybody just saying from the terminology the other side of the is family is uncle, right? I'm just saying the terminology is different. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's just way different. And oh, one thing that is meant about you, because there is something in the transcript that Jessica says where she testified, not testified, it's in the in the in the um uh, 
social worker's report. And apparently she's reporting on a tattoo that Desmond has. I don't think at the time he even had it. It's like apparently a bird on the left side, I think, of his body, if I remember rightly. But she said it's a bird. And that's just stuff the kids made up because they wanted to, they thought somebody's going to look at this and know it's crap what we sign because we're lying. So we tell outrageous lies, somebody's going to find out about it. I mean, obviously nobody ever um, went through the effort to actually search for all the statements or read all the statements. Certainly the defense attorneys didn't. And come across something like that and say, hey, you know, this this can't be wrong. They're lying. I mean, if you, I mean, at some point we went through the efforts and all these statements the kids allegedly made, we actually put them in time order and we actually looked what they said and if it's even possible and if the statements even match up and they don't match up, nothing adds up. If you're interested in that, I, I'll, I'll send you that material too. And it's just ridiculous. Like I'm saying, like with Desmond, he has no such tattoo, never had such a tattoo, you know? Wow. So they're tr they're trying to say that these children saw their uncles um, without a shirt on or without clothes on is basically what they were trying to say? Yes, but you see, if you, I don't know if you ever read these alleged statements, because then you read, I mean, how stupid it is. It says like the kids were tied to the bed posts. There is no bed posts. There is no beds, you know? So how could the kids have been tied to anything? They were just mattresses. This was just the imagination of white people with their posh bedrooms, you know, putting that into the scenario for the children, inventing stories and making them say that, you know? Um, or the kids were molested while their legs were tied together, or several kids were tied together. Absolute nonsense. If I, if I want to rape somebody, I don't tie their legs together, you know? Um, so yeah, there, is, there are several examples, you know, like that, where if anybody would have even looked at these statements, they would have pretty much straight away seen that it's all complete nonsense. And I'm sure the defense knew and obviously the prosecution knew, so um, they kept all of this out of the trial. And I'm sure they just couldn't believe their luck that they got a conviction out of it, you know? Seriously, they offered them two years, you know? If they would have been so sure, would they have offered them two years? I mean, monsters who did all this to the kids, but you offer them two years if you're responsible prosecutor I mean, seriously, if they really would have done this, would you offer two years? Hell no. Right. I, yeah, I agree. Hell yeah. no. That's crazy. It, yeah. And, and how much did uh, Mike Ware get to introduce during the evidentiary hearing? Like, how much of this was addressed? A lot of it was addressed. I mean, I think PSO was pretty taken aback, you know? Um, by a lot of it. And he asked, you know, how do you know all this? Or um, how do you know about all these sexual abuse cases? And he said, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm obviously the person that's representing these people, you know? And um, I mean, Mike, obviously he was, you know, he was fighting him pretty hard. And I think in the end, we actually thought we, we had a chance, you know, we really thought we, we had a chance and he made him believe too that we had a chance to possibly come back and get a new trial, you know? 
but all the time he was just thinking about how he could you know uh you know sit it out again refute you know? it again yeah yeah because it was the same judge. and when it came to yeah. it it's always the same thing if you if you actually read if you actually read the response it's always the same thing it's over and over again saying there is a medical testimony we showed that the medical testimony is bullshit. There is no bigger experts in the whole of the United States than the ones that we've actually come forward with. The, <clears throat> the woman that's on our side is the person that invented child abuse investigation. She invented the colposcopy examination. She invented the col col colposcopy, you know? Damn it, you know? <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And all of that, that is, is it's worthless. It's it's ignored. Because it was and they come up with the again, you know. We're going in circles and circles. They have absolutely nothing. So we were we were convicted on their very powerful medical evidence. So why was the doctor not forced to come to the evidentiary hearing when he was federally court ordered to show up to the hearing and he never he refused to show. Yeah, yeah. That makes exactly. no sense. Yeah, no I sense. thought the same thing when His you said powerful it. evidence would be overturned, you know, by Mike. Mike Ware would overturn mm -hmm. his powerful evidence that we were convicted on. <clears throat> Excuse me, that we were convicted on, you know. And the judge, the judge came out of retirement to make sure that, you know, we would never, ever get a, a, a retrial, a new trial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, Dr. Farrell was, was of course he's gonna, of course he's gonna, you know, not allow his medical expert to come to trial. I think that was a very good point. That you know, why wouldn't the judge want the powerful, you know, evidence there for the evidentiary hearing? I mean, that is the evidence, right? That's what so they're saying. Why not That's what have... they say in all the appeals. They're, they're powerful medical evidence. That's what we were convicted on. You know, why, why is it was so powerful? Why wouldn't you allow your, 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 ex, your medical expert to come to trial to testify yeah, at that, our evidentiary hearing? Doesn't make sense at all. But still, here we are, you know, convicted of their powerful medical evidence, you know? Wow. But they don't want to be refuted, you know. Right. right. In my yeah. opinion, it's a huge problem with the justice system in general that it is the same judge that has to uh, <clears throat> consider the appeals. Because yeah. it's, I know that they are the ones who proceeded and no more, but that's not it gives them, really. Just like gives them more power, you know, to. Yeah. More to be a fair trial. to be a fair trial, it should be another judge so that there's yes. more eyes viewing yes. everything. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Because everybody doesn't see things the same way. And some people don't understand how important something is. It doesn't seem important to them, but then it becomes extremely important to the case. So like you know the the um uh birth defect isn't that what what that was the birth um birth defect that the, the uh caused the bruising like marks 
Mongolian spots. Yeah, yeah, Mongolian spots. That's a huge thing um, that needed to be taken into consideration. Yeah. So. No, you go. I was just going to say, it just seems to me that this is like a, a an American civil liberties thing. Like if they're, it just seems like they, the civil liberties union should be able to do something about this. I mean, they are for <clears throat> helping people in this kind of situation. So we're, have they ever been contacted? <laughs> or they don't consider you an American person. Many like times. this is ridiculous. I mean, there's to me. one organization that we haven't contacted. Certainly have contacted them. Yeah. Wow. Certainly contacted every organization that even has to do with people of color. You know, I thought maybe the African American community <clears throat> would like to help. What the hell? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry I'll... that I'm laughing. No, I know. No, I was only laughing too because you know when you asked the question. American Civil Liberties Union, you know, how many, uh, like Anna said, you know, how many organizations I wrote to myself while doing time, you know, and right. nothing ever happens, you know, sorry, I can't help you, you know, why, why they even organization then, you know? Right. It yeah. makes sense. Just out there to yeah. take money from people or donations or whatever they do, you know, it's just a big ripoff scheme is all it is too, mm-hmm. it's getting money. Yeah. So there's not, is there anything that, you know, we can do to help prevent this from happening again? We may not be able to help you, Desmond, but, you know, is there, is there anything that we can do now to stop this from happening to any other families? Mm, no, I don't see how, you know, just. Yeah, I don't see how, you know, just big old big business, you know, is all it is. Because Native Americans, they get a lot more money for a Native American child than they do in any other race. That's incredible. Because, because our, we're con- considered uh, special needs, you know. You mean the foster foster care system gets more money for Native American children? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I heard, I think I heard it's like $1,000 a month for a Native American child. Actually, I think it's twice, you know, what they would get for a a Caucasian child, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Get all the Native children you can, you know, and get a lot of money. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm really, really hoping that because you share your story and um, the other people we talked to about your case and the people will be outraged yes. and horrified and <clears throat> do something also to support you and so that you can, you know, not be silenced because it, it seems that way you weren't even allowed to do the evidentiary hearing to a fair judge and you know media is not picking up on anything and people should know welcome to south dakota wow yeah it is really (laughs) shocking it really is so right now you you think you know that 
you know, all the years we spent in federal prison, falsely convicted, you know, and all the stuff you have to go through, all the crap, you know, accusations, everything, you know, because of what you're accused of, what you're uh, charged with, what your conviction is. That's the worst conviction in federal prison ever. You know, that's a death warrant they gave us, you know. Yeah. They wanted us murdered in, in prison. That's what they wanted. They wanted us to be killed in prison. Then we come out and, <clears throat> you know, we got PTSD and, you know, we're all psychologically messed up, you know. Where's the help for us, you know? Can't work, you know, because our skills are, you know, minimal and, you know, we're old, we're old age. We're almost elders practically now, you know. You know, who's going to hire a, you know, almost a man that's 60 years old, you know? Right. And now, you know, just... My cousin Garfield, he's, you know, PTSD so bad that all he does is just drink every day, you know, I had to, I had to get help for him, you know, because I didn't want to see him drink himself to death, you know, literally. Anything that you want to say in conclusion, Desmond? <clears throat> I'd just like to say, you know, if we can, you know, somehow get a new trial or a fair trial, you know, that's all I ever wanted, you know was a real trial, a fair trial, the jury of our peers, you know, maybe some other state would try to take our case or, you know, I don't know, we, we need, I know we need public outcry, I know we need that bad, you know, without the public, you know, we ain't got nothing. But before we run out of time, Desmond, I just want to make sure that I thank you for trusting us to tell your story I'm hoping that we can do justice to the story so that there can be some movement to help you, um, the, the nieces and nephews, everyone you know involved that were victims of this. Um, you are a victim, your brother is a victim, Russell is a victim, and Garfield is a victim, as well as everybody else. And I just want hope that we can do this justice for you. Anytime, you know, what I'd like is, you know, if we could set up like a podcast, you know, maybe once a week or every other day that we can get on like YouTube and just tell a different story every day about, you know, from when I came in to get out until I got out, you know, I think that would be a way to generate some funds, some donations, whatever needs to be done, you know, to get, get, you know, this little idea up off the ground to travel around and speak about it, you know, because I think people really will uh, be interested in hearing about prison life, you know, what goes on in there, you know, how the public is so blind to, you know, what really goes on. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please check back next week. And if you'd like to, please give us a rating on the platform you're listening to us from and give us a follow. And feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. See you next week.